Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 40. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And today we are back in the studio. The first time doing a live show, Stephanie and myself, in 2009, and we're glad to be here. And today, Stephanie, we're going to be talking about when crisis comes knocking. All right. Don't answer the door. (laughs) Don't answer the door. I like that. I like that. So, uh, Basically, it's been a crazy start to 2009. Definitely, you know, looking at the end of 2008, uh, you and I did a little bit of, you know, reviewing the past year. And we obviously celebrated uh, the year with a big bang at the end during 24 hours of nonstop podcasting. Had more than 6,000 people join us over that period of time. Wow. (laughs) I know. It was absolutely awesome. We did a live on the Internet nonstop marathon. It was just really cool. So um, the thing is, though, we had awesome plans, awesome plans, all laid out for 2009, you know, or at least not plans, but goals. Do you know what? Yes. Do you know a a surefire way to make God laugh? Yeah. Tell him your plans. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Gotcha. So uh, basically, we, we had some goals set out for 2009. We had some plans, one of those plans being that I would be uh, just on, I would at at this time today I would just be returning from my trip to Las Vegas. Yeah, you would. Yeah, with the biggest business opportunity that I've had uh, ever since being in podcasting, uh, being invited to come cover CES for Panasonic, uh, and just some amazing things like that. But uh, you want to tell them what happened last <laughs> week? I know that. Why you- not? Because I'm not tired of talking about it yet. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie. Seriously. Um, okay, so Cliff had some abdominal pain, it came, it went away, felt yucky, came back. Cliff almost died, and here we are. Good (laughs) wrap-up, Steph. I was getting there. (laughs) No, it it went away, and but you still didn't feel well, but the pain was gone. Yeah, yeah. um, And then on Friday, would have been the second into the morning on Saturday, January 3rd. The pain came back. It was more than he could bear. Took him to urgent care, canceled urgent care, went to the ER, said that he was going to have to have immediate surgery. Um, Immediate emergency surgery was the words that were used in the ER, but I guess everything down there is an emergency. Uh, Got up to surgery and just kind of everything stopped waiting to talk to a surgeon. Surgeon and GI doctor didn't agree on the care couldn't get them to speak to each other um and so cliff laid in the hospital for five days waiting for something to happen that's right and um finally everything everything in a very short amount of time and with the same urgency that we went in on saturday um everything went into place he had his surgery he is came home on Thursday and has been driving me crazy ever since. That is correct. So that that is the <laughs> the Reader's Digest version. 
<laughs> so, well, I mean, we thanks could, for listening this week, and no, we will I mean, talk to you again. But next here you week could like another. plug all the other places that they could hear the story in detail. Well, what, let's talk about that because that that's the reason why I wanted to talk about it here because this okay. is the first time behind a microphone where you and I are going to talk about not not all the details. Right. I didn't expect you to go into all the details. I, well, I know. I thought I did a pretty good job at just kind of brazing over the details. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephanie has a, a podcast. Uh, that is her daily audio journal called what? Not so daily. Um, well, Stephanie Unplugged. Stephanie yeah. Unplugged. And I have a daily audio journal called My Crazy Life. Mm-hmm. And we both go into detail. Um, I have several. I have like. You have several because you had like all the time in the world. Well, I had, no, in the hospital I only recorded one. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's like three episodes of My Crazy Life. that talks about Cliff in the hospital. Um, and then one follow up. And then. Then on the road to recovery. Right. And I think I did two over those, you know. And you did two of those. And so people <clears throat> who are subscribed to those on the plus member side of GSPN, um, they've already heard a lot of this. But there are several, uh, probably a couple hundred people who listen to Family from the Heart who, who don't know this. But it, basically what happened is I ba- when it all was said and done, I needed two procedures. Uh, one to re- remove my gallbladder. But before they could do that, they needed to. Not before they could, before they would. Yeah, before they would. Um, and well, it's before they could, because if they would have okay. removed my gallbladder first, I would have possibly died. I know that. And they 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 actually scheduled me for my gallbladder removal. So maybe you should like teach me all the ins and outs so that GSPN can go on after you. Yeah. Because now that we've actually taken a look at um, what what did, what's the word I want to your morality, right? The the you could die. We could all uh, more, die. Mortality. mortality. That's yeah. what I meant. Um, my, I'm, I'm still recovering myself. Um, my mind is not where it should be. Please forgive me. Anyway, um, so yeah, now that we've taken a look at that and we know that, you know. You need, need a, succ- able, you need I, a succession need, plan. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Sounds like a reason for a business meeting. Nah, yeah. All right. So anyway, the the thing is, though, during the hospital, they totally did screw up. They I mean, did. And they they, they, did. they almost did kill me. And they actually admitted that. Um, <laughs> I love that. They admitted it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is that uh, if I would have died during that, you wouldn't have had to worry about uh, making a living. Uh, you, you'd you be set for life because no, I that's had not really true. I had everything documented, babe. They, that that is true. I had, I, I had even told Sarah that at one point I was reading your blog. Um, I think it was on Tuesday that now you had been in the hospital since Saturday afternoon. Our kids had been dropped here and there and, and, um, were, they were struggling. And on Tuesday, I called Sarah just in tears because I really, I couldn't take the stress anymore. I knew that you were lonely and wanted to be with you, but I was struggling with the responsibility of taking care of the kids and the house. And, um, so anyway, she came over and we just, we had lunch together and we just sat and we talked about other people's problems because at that point, not that we gossiped, but I said, what's, you know, please tell me what's going on in your life because I'm so tired of talking about what's going on in mine. And, um, and so I don't want it to sound, Sarah and I do not gossip. That's one thing that we both feel very strongly about. And, um, but we just talked and we shared about what was going on in her life. Obviously she knew what was going on in mine. We watched the bachelor and while we were watching, I was reading, um, a couple of updates to your blog that you had made. And I looked at her and I said, well, 
you know, if they do kill my husband, I have great documentation for malpractice because it's you had spelled it all out. That's right. Oh, yeah. that's that's right. And you know, in fact, if anybody's interested in reading that and you don't happen to be a plus member yet to gain access to all those um, uh, daily journals that we did daily audio journal podcast that we do, um, you can go to Ravenscraft.org. There are four different posts with lots of information in there. The whole, the whole, I mean, everything from the beginning is there and it is well documented how they uh, told me I needed to have this very extremely serious procedure that, that um, is the only procedure they do with the scope down your throat that causes death, uh, (laughs) which was very nice and for them to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and it wasn't in people say, well, Cliff, you know, they always have to tell you and warn you about it. It's like, yes, I understand that. But I've been I've been through the procedures before. I, I've had endoscopy before, not not the kind of endoscopy that I had, the the one that could cause death. Um, <laughs> but I've had endoscopic, and I've had other right. procedures where they they tell you of these, and they and it's very and blah blah blah. But I mean, this lady was like, you don't understand. There's a high chance of death. Right. I mean, it, it is. It wasn't like this. It's possible. It's happened yeah, it, in a. Well, she was small telling percent. you, yeah. From what you told me, she was not telling you in a, this is something that we have to tell you kind of way. It was more of, you really need to understand how risky this is. And whether or not you want to have this procedure. Right. I mean, because looking at the thing, it looks like it might be beneficial and they might be able to come out with something, but... I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it, it's inconclusive. And the doctor doesn't, the, the GI doctor doesn't think that you need this. And he does, he's not willing to do it unless. But the surgeon won't do what he needs to do unless the, the surgeon, GI doctor goes in and does this. And Surgeon uh, number three was adamant that I needed this. Absolutely. And surgeon number one was adamant that I needed it. And surgeon number two said scheduled. that. <laughs> yeah. Surgeon number one said I needed it. But surgeon number two overlooked it and scheduled me for the gallbladder removal without it. Yes, which and without again, it being could have killed him. So, so it, yeah. they did the they did the the very serious procedure first. Uh, they actually, I didn't die. Clearly, I'm yet. here. I didn't die, and uh, the the deal is is that they actually were able to get this one little stone on the verge of falling out of my cystic duct. That uh, I mean, it took nothing. For them to get it out. I mean, abs- I mean, once they were in, it mm-hmm. took nothing, which means that after they removed my gallbladder, it would have fell out into my pancreas, hepatitis, pancreatitis, or death. Yeah. One of the three. Well, thanks. I'm in so, such a great mood now. Well, I, I just, just so, so here's the deal. The world stopped for the Ravenscraft family. Well, the Everything. world stopped for you. Well, you can't say that your world was normal. I mean, no, it wasn't normal, but it didn't stop. I, I, yeah, your your world still spun a little. It, it maybe just a little spun faster a, it was, and it, a little bit more out of control. The Earth was off its axis. It certainly was. Okay, so. I, I was maybe my world was um, spinning upside down, but it didn't stop. Right, right, and, and it couldn't stop for you. And, no. and explain why it couldn't stop for you. Well, because um, winter break was over. It was time for the kids to go back to school. Um, I had a husband in the hospital who was lonely and crying and calling and saying, I need you here. But kids who were not eating and acting out with every person that I left them with, except Sarah, um, they were very good for her. And, you know, our seven-year-old son asked, is daddy going to die? And, you know, it was was a very chaotic week for them, Mm -hmm. you know. 
I think it's easy for us to share how we felt, but um, but really trying to keep things as not normal. Do you know what it was? Kind of, it's kind of. They needed a constant. Mm-hmm. There was no. There was no constant going on for them different people were taking them to school different people were picking them up um nothing was was the same for them and that was really hard for them to deal with and it was really hard for me to watch them deal with right does does that make sense did i share that okay absolutely okay and see i i recognized in the hospital that you were dealing with some of that and obviously uh, through the both the pain that I was in at the time while I was in the hospital and the frustration levels at which I was experiencing with the doctors mm-hmm. and their lack of communication to me, anything that made sense. Um, and and then through all this process of uh, having a, I have a terrible fear of needles. And so de- dealing with the fact that people came in with these sharp objects, wanting to plunge them into my skin, uh, you know, every day. It was kind of frustrating. And and of course, Stephanie was, you know, running back and forth. But I'll be honest with you. I know I knew that Stephanie had a lot to do with the kids. And I know our kids are sometimes a handful. But and even more so when, you know, Mm -hmm. they think that things are wrong with dad and they're not sure what's going on. And and they're very upset. And, And of course, they, you know, each handle that fear and anxiety in a certain different way. And to be honest with you, my mind wasn't completely focused on that. My mind was focused on how alone I feel. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I wish I had somebody here to to share, you know, just to, to just share this room with. Right. You know, not that I just want to sit down and talk. I just want to have somebody here next to my side. And, uh, you know, I love all the people who came to visit. But, you know, honestly, there was only one person that when they walked in the room that really brought calmness to to my spirit and that that was my wife and and so there there was a day i mean i i literally i i had had it to i i could not go any further with my doctors i was so upset i actually did a blog entry in fact if you go to ravenscraft.org you'll see the title of it uh it as i record this it was it was two it's two it's uh two blog entries pack but uh and it and the title of that entry was now i'm just pi and then ed off <laughs> right. and i just i just laid it out i mean i was t- i was i was angry typing mm-hmm. and and i just let it all out and then after i was done with that i just i i'm i'm like i i literally felt lonely and as i basically sent stephanie a, a direct message on twitter it just says i'm lonely tears just started to pour out of my eyes and and i recognized i was being selfish at the moment because I know Stephanie on the other side of the town was dealing with what she's dealing with at home. I had just, well, I had just called Sarah in tears <clears throat> because I couldn't handle it anymore. And well, not had just, we had already eaten lunch and things. It was that same day. But, um, and I did, I dropped everything and I went to you as soon as I could. And it was, it was, I knew that you needed me there. But I resented having to be there mm-hmm. because I'm like, look, you're a big boy. <laughs> We've got three kids at home who have no idea what's going on. And um, someone in here makes a point about in the chat room here was making a point about how much do kids really need to know in a crisis. And um, we weren't giving a lot of details to our kids. And I think that's what was driving them crazy is because they didn't know. You know, um, the last time our kids had experience with someone in the hospital 
was my grandma and it was like two and it, it'll be three years ago in April and she died. She didn't come back out. That was the last thing that they remember. That's their experience that, of when people go to the hospital absolutely. unless they're giving birth. Unless they're having a baby, um, you go to the hospital. You go to the, to the hospital the- to die. That was that's what our kids had associated that with. They remember it was over their spring break, and we spent that whole spring break at the hospital. And um, you know, finally we took them on a trip. Did we go to Mammoth Cave? Is that or did we just? Or did, I, that's I think we did. We just got in the car and drove. Yeah, and um, and ended up having an overnight at Mammoth Cave. We had to stop at a, a Walmart or something to get toothbrushes and change of clothes because literally we had just gotten in the car and and drove. And um on that on that trip my mom called and, and said that, you know, grandma had died. And so that that's that's the last thing that, that the kids remember about someone going into the hospital. And so that's where the question came from from Matthew. I mean three years ago he was four. He mm-hmm. doesn't really understand mm-hmm. at that time. So it was, it was difficult for me to be there for you thinking you should be big enough to be able to sit in that room all by yourself here. You're just, you're just sitting there and I know you're bored and I know you're out of your mind. I I knew those things and I understood those things, but I had responsibilities that I was dropping, yeah, literally dropping everything to rush over and, and be with you and leaving my kids with people who were offering to help but were resenting helping and calling me every chance they could get. How long are you going to be? And um, so maybe in, what is it, retrospect, I was picking the wrong people to leave my kids with, but I was stuck. You know, I was tired of asking for help. I was, and I still feel like I should be able to, I should have been able to, I don't know, do it on my own. But I, you can't. No. Y- you can't. And so I was Faced with my own selfishness, that's what I was. Right. And of course, you know, I, I recognized that, that I was being a little bit of a baby myself. But when, when I mean, it wasn't until I saw that nurse, that nurse that came in and started talking to me. And I mean, it's it's like I, all the way up to this proce- to this time, before the GI nurse came in, um, she, you know, I had heard all about, you know, we're going to take out your gallbladder. But before we do that, we have to do this endoscopic procedure called an ERCP. And before before that, it was just I'm going to have an endoscope. They're going to they're going to put me under. They're going to send a scope down my throat. They're going to try to make an incision, flush this thing out, catch it, take it out and then do laparoscopy. That was I mean, it was it was nonchalant. Both both doctors that I had seen up to that point. That's all they said It's like, Mm -hmm. okay. And then all of a sudden when they came in and told me I'm scheduled for my gallbladder removal and they had nothing on the paperwork for me to have my endoscopy. And I'm like, whoa, red flag here. I'm told that this other thing has to happen first or else I'm I'm out of here, <laughs> you know, and I'm not. And, and so uh, they said, OK, well, let me let, go ahead and sign this consent form and we'll make sure a doctor comes see me in the morning. I said, how about this? I I won't sign the consent form. <laughs> right. You send the doctor in with the form in the morning. And after I talk to the doctor and if I feel confident that this is the right decision, I'll sign that form. And that's one of the things I just want to share here in this in this podcast is um when you're in the hospital, make sure you understand uh, what's going on and make your doctors communicate with you. I'll be honest with you. I would not have, I, I may not be here today if I wouldn't have uh, signed that, if I would have signed that form mm-hmm. that night. Uh, it's just very, it, it's very clear to me. In fact, I, I've had 
uh, a doctor tell me that. Right. So, uh, so I, it, it's very clear to me that basically God gave me a lot of discernment uh, and uh, everything through this whole process to to make sure that I was there. And and I and it, when you're in the hospital. Um, you know, you want to be out of that hospital so bad there. I was tempted to say, well, let's just do this. This, if this is all they say I need to do, then by golly, let's get out of here. And, but I, w- but I was told that I needed this procedure and this wasn't right. I'm like, no, I'm told I need this. I, I needed this first, or they would do an open surgery and do it all at the same time. And they weren't scheduling me for an open surgery. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I said, no, let's talk about this. And then that next day, surgeon number three comes in and confirms and says, you know, she must've just had a oversight because of so, you know, it's, you were in over the weekend. There's so many doctors and like, yeah, it's a pretty well, big oversight, pretty big oversight. You know, it's just my life. You know, I'm number 344 for the weekend, you know, right? Uh, you know <laughs> whatever my number is. Uh, but Hey, by the way, my name's Cliff Ravenscraft. <laughs> I have a wife, her name's Stephanie. We've been married now for a couple of years and uh, we got these great looking kids and, and all these things and and you know i have a house i own a business you know hello me real human being here okay let's not make these oversights uh can you attach some emotion to the person sitting in this bed you know i'm not just no they can't i'm just a slab of flesh with a number on a bracelet Mm -hmm. you know they keep asking me what my name is and what my date of birth it's like why don't you quit looking at the the number i know it's like uh, so anyway, uh, but he says, yeah, you definitely need it. And then all of a sudden, then the GI nurse comes in and then she tells me about this procedure that they've just nonchalantly told me about. It's like, you don't understand. She, I mean, she, if you could only hear what she said, I mean, it wasn't your standard routine. These are the possible complications. Do you understand it? I mean, it, it was like, do you understand the, the high possibility of death? In this, right. I mean, let me explain. And, and she went so far as to explain four different ways that things could go wrong and why they usually go wrong during this procedure that would cause death. So it wasn't until I saw her that all of a sudden I started to feel alone because this is it was the first time while being in the hospital that I actually felt like I might not come home. And it's like I don't at that moment in time, all that mattered was. I need somebody here with me to talk with me right. to, to, I, I, if, if I'm, if I'm not going to make it out of this hospital, I want to see my wife, you know, before, you know, anything happens. And, and, and literally tears started to just come out of my eyes and, and it, I had a breakdown and mm-hmm. then that's all, that's what happened. So it, it's definitely, it was, it was definitely a, I would say that, that this experience was, was life changing. <laughs> you know, what sounds funny is that here, you know, people go through so many different things and I, and we have listeners to our podcast. I mean, we, we have, we have people who, who have, um, issues in their life, medical issues in their Mm -hmm. life that, that they've been told that they have, you know, maybe three or four years left to live and, and they have terminal illness and, and stuff like that. So, so I recognize people have a lot more going on in their life than a simple gallbladder removal, Right. But and so when when I when I talk about the fact that I went to the hospital, it's like, oh, you had your gallbladder out. Oh, did they do that laparoscopy? Oh, so you'll be you're up on your feet again, aren't you? You know, it's like, yeah, pretty much. And and it's like I, I don't try to help them understand the fact that, you know, yeah, it, it wasn't just the gallbladder. There was this procedure beforehand where the doctors almost killed me, you know. <laughs> But but nobody nobody understands that, and so so for me this was a real crisis moment. And in two thousand nine, I'll tell you, it was a wake up call to me. Uh, and and 
here, here's why I want to bring this up in Family from the Heart, because okay. I wanted to have a conversation where you and I talk about this process together, what, you know, the effect mm-hmm. that it had on our family. I also want to talk about, you know, the 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 people that we rely on to be there for us, the people who are really our friends. Okay. Kind of thing. But I also want to talk about um, uh, the fact that crisis is going to happen. So if you're listening to this and maybe you're like me up to this point, and, and when I when I say crisis, let me explain to you what I mean by crisis. Okay. Um, I, I'm certain there's probably hardly anybody who's listening to us who has not yet experienced some kind of financial crisis okay okay um there there are probably some that are young enough that they haven't really gotten too heavily involved in the credit cards yet and stuff like that and and stuff and and financial crisis is very serious stuff and we've talked about that Mm -hmm. before we'll probably talk about it again in the future however let, let me explain to you what i'm talking about when i say crisis when crisis comes knocking i'm talking about um severe illness and death Okay, these are the two types of crisis that I'm I'm really talking about. And and when I say death and and severe illness, it's either somebody that you're extremely close to like your mom, your dad, uh maybe a grandparent, uh a brother or a sister, or maybe it's your husband or your wife, um or maybe your child. Okay? You're talking immediate family. I'm talking immediate family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And 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 the truth is, you're you will through your lifetime. The, the, there's a very high likelihood that sometime during your life you're going to experience some sort of crisis, where you will either either experience uh, a major illness or death uh, very close to you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think that's important is to to have your family in such a position that you can withstand these storms. Because I mean, this was a storm. Now this storm blew over. I mean, it 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 for for you the world still turned. It was a little you know off axis. You know, is spinning out of control. It's more like a tornado. You, you were you for were for me for you the world it was spinning me up and spin, spun me around. Exactly. So the world was spinning out of control for you. The world stopped for me. I mean, literally stopped. I mean, it it it, it was like one of those sci fi movies where everything just froze in time. And and I was it's just like the stillness that comes before the tornado. Exactly. I was I was stuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going nowhere. Um. So so that's how the world was for me. But relatively speaking, this was such a quick storm. I mean, literally a, a week. Really. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I it is Wednesday. It's one week ago. I had my surgery and I'm already back in the studio recording with you. Not feeling 100 percent, but I'm about 85, 90 percent there. Uh, but. It, the whole course of this is about a week, a week and a half. So this, this is, in my mind, some people will say gallbladder surgery. Oh, come on, Cliff. That's a crisis, blah, blah, blah. It's not the gallbladder surgery. The gallbladder surgery is nothing. It was the procedure and the oversight that was the big issue for me. So I would say, yes, I had a crisis um, this this time around. And it was on, it only lasted a week. And, and now I can look back on it. I'm praying for full recovery. I'm praying for no infection. I'm praying that the, you know, that things will continue to heal and and that I'll be over with this and I'll be able to say, wow, that was a quick storm that came up. We weathered it together and we're stronger and we're moving forward with a new perspective. And 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 sometimes people are going to experience storms in your family. You'll experience storm in your family that will last so much longer. 
uh, mm-hmm. months. Uh, and in the case of uh, a certain GSPN.TV Plus member, um, he was diagnosed a couple years ago with Lou Gehrig's disease and uh, has a wife, children, and has no idea how much time he has left. And and so they're they're dealing with this crisis for years. The thing is, though, is you can prepare for the storm. You can prepare. You it, it just like um, you you can buy things to help you get through. I mean, it, it's you talked about being. Uh, if we talk about being out in a, an ice storm or something like that, it's, it helps to have nice warm clothes. Or you know, if you're driving along and all of a sudden. Uh, you're stuck. You find yourself stranded on the side of the road in a car without gas. Right? Mm-hmm. It's good to have in the trunk a couple things of water, uh, some some blankets packed into the trunk, and and maybe some you know protein bars or some food of some sort in the car so that you can weather that storm out and and finally come and and be rescued from it or or come out of it. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it all goes to preparation. So my my question is, you know, sure, your life was spinning out of control. Now, one of the things is, is that we did um, and, and I'm not I, I please, Stephanie, don't take this the wrong way. Uh, I don't want you to feel like I, I, I blame you for the p- people you chose to allow to take care of our children. But it, I won't accept blame because you weren't much help. So, I, you know, I, I wasn't much help. But, and for four days you were in the hospital doing nothing perfectly capable to call people. So yeah. I'm. I'm I'm not accepting blame. I did what I had to do. Right. Well, it was some of some of the people that that helped were were other family members who um, offered help, but obviously did not have the time to to help. Well, um, I think they were just offering help, just verbally. They didn't really mean it. Yeah. Not not so much that they didn't have the time, just that they didn't really mean it. Yeah. So, and we, we won't mention any names there, but. Uh, it, let's just say that 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 created some undue stress. Now, one of the things that we did have, um, one of the things that we did have, and that was, and of, and of course, I, I want to say, you know, I, I made that big deal about, you know, sure, I had some people visit me, but it wasn't like what I when Stephanie came to visit. Um, but during the hospital stay, I did have people visit, and let me tell you who did visit. Um, now, watch me forget somebody, and, and I'm gonna feel you. awful. Um, did did Keith Rainey come visit me? I don't know. I, th- I wasn't there for that. I can't remember. See, the thing is, that there were times when did I was you on dream people. <laughs> I don't know. There were times when I was on morphine. Did you have conversations with people that weren't there? Now that would have been funny to see. There are t- there were times when I was on morphine, yeah. and I I well, don't Jeremy quite... came, Fleegon, yeah, and on Twitter, yeah, Jeremy um, on Twitter, and DG came, and DG, and let me explain to you who and, these people are okay. first of all, and how how they're related to me, DG and. And Jeremy, uh, both are people I've met through social media, such mm-hmm. as tw- specifically Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for Twitter, I wouldn't have known them. But they're two people I've, I know la- uh, locally. Uh, both of them very close Christian friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, DG is actually a pastor of a local church here and uh, co-host of the About the Church podcast. Right. Uh, Jeremy Laughlin uh, is a Christian and also uh, occasionally will come and attend our homestead our home team Bible study that right. we have in, in our home on a weekly basis. So, um, so both of these Christian mm-hmm. men that have been a part of our community mm-hmm. of our community, our, Stephanie and I. Right. And so, 
Um, who else came to see us? Uh, Michael Hayden. Michael Hayden. From church. Christian brother from church, mm-hmm. uh, from Watermark. Chad and Earl. Chad and Earl, two pastors from my church who are not just pastors from my church, but also friends and also mm-hmm. very much involved in the community right. of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, Jen Lyons. Jen and who, Trisha and Jeremy. Jen, Trisha, and Jeremy. Uh, all three of them. Jen, uh, Trisha and Jeremy are Jen, from... Yes. Go ahead. Jen, Jen, uh, Jen is a friend of ours from church mm-hmm. and um, also very... Un- she's helped watch our ch- children yeah. while we were out to, in New in York, New York mm-hmm. uh, and stuff er, like that. Some Florida. Sorry, Florida. Okay. When we went to Florida for Robert's wedding. That's right. Uh, but she's from Watermark. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy and Trisha are uh, are a uh, engaged couple from our home team Bible study group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they not only um, helped with, or not only did they visit, but they also came and helped watch the children right uh, for a period of time. And um, so, so here here's some other people who reached out and who mm-hmm. were quote unquote there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil McClellan. Mm-hmm. from Watermark who has been uh he's been he and his wife his whole family has been a member of our Bible study in the past. Right. Uh they now um are involved in a different group um these days but uh de- definitely have been in our community for many years and he came and he brought me some Grater's ice cream. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was so Did good. Did you weren't allowed to eat until, until I got, got home. home. <laughs> yes. That's so great. so there was I that. felt really bad because Jen was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. This you know, these past couple of days, she went home yesterday. Um, so it's, it was really kind of the same thing. She'd been there for several days and I'd sent her some, some, um, direct messages through Twitter and I wanted to go see her really bad, but I did not want to set foot in that hospital again. Yeah. And so I apologize, Jen. Yeah. I was thinking about her and well, if she's still in the hospital, I probably, she's she's home now. Oh, she's home now. Okay. I, I've been wanting to go, but I haven't been completely up to it yet. All right, I know. But uh, I will call her and see how she's doing. Um, so the the thing is, is that if you look at this, and then of course there was Stephanie, obviously, and uh, my mom and dad and my real dad. And uh, Jessica. And my sister uh, came and, and was there. So so these these are the people who were there. And now when it came to how many people offered to help us with our kids and to bring meals, um, can you tell me who, and of course, Sarah, um, right. And the, of course, Sarah, Sarah wanted to come see you, but she was, she's busy more, helping you. She was more concerned with my well being. That's I, right. That, and that's completely <laughs> fine. So, so, and, and um, again, and, and what I'm pointing out here, I okay. am pointing out and, and I recognize I'm doing this and, and yes, I'm doing this on purpose, but Christian mm-hmm. sister in Christ, mm-hmm. uh, uh that, 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 that's here. And, mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Um, so who else brought meals and stuff? Okay. Um, Sarah brought a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Hayden and Michael. his family mm-hmm. brought a meal. Um, Chad and his family, which was so funny because... Um, Chad, our pastor. Our pastor, right. Um, you know, the kids were waiting. They knew that he was going to be here around a certain time. And he knocked on the door and Megan answered it and he came in with this bag and we had had, I mean, Sarah brought us pizza. Um, I don't know if you knew that cause we weren't talking about it. I heard about it after the fact. Yeah. You weren't allowed to eat. So we weren't talking about the fact that we had pizza and, um, but all the other meals were 
up to that up to Chad had been um, you know home cooked meals and they were great and Chad walks in with this bag and he's like we don't cook so we bring restaurant food and my kids were so excited to have restaurant food it was so funny uh, we just had spaghetti from Fazoli's it was really good but uh, the kids were just so excited to have restaurant food so anyway um, Chad and um, then when Thursday I was on my Thursday I got to cook which wasn't much but it felt kind of good to cook again. And then um, Friday, Melissa and Brent. Oh, yeah. Brent and Melissa, uh-huh. who now lead their own home team Bible but study in group. Ours. Yeah. Who, but we're Shortly. part of our yeah. group uh, for a And I got several other offers for people to still be bringing us dinners, but I declined and said I needed to get back to. What are you talking about, Willis? Of normal. You know what? You don't <laughs> eat anything that bring people bring anyway because no, in a time ser- like this, people babe, like. Seriously. Bring, I've had people, you, you don't understand. There, I was in the hospital. I was craving. I, I said, I want a Chipotle burrito. I want a pepperoni pizza from Papa John's. And I want a steak from Morton's. And people said, listen, as soon as you're out of the hospital and you're allowed to eat those things, call me and tell me. Well, they told you to That's call them, well, not me. So I've got some phone calls to make. You make your phone calls, but, but here's my the time is done. We've, we've had some people who have offered to take our kids um, mm-hmm. during that period of time that had we, and we taken them up on it. candy because the here on, on Wednesday, they had scheduled your endoscopy procedure for Wednesday at like 7.30. Didn't actually happen until 8.30. Took about an hour. He goes to recovery. They take him back to his room and the nurse says, hey, has anybody told you that he's scheduled for his gallbladder removal at 1130? And they told us that at 1030. And I said, "Um, no. And so there was there was in that in that 30 to 40 minutes before they took you back to the the pre-op again was just the sense of urgency to have someone pick McKenna up from school. And I know you don't remember any of this because you were still sedated from your first and quite hilarious, I might add. (laughs) Um, I won't go into details (laughs) to save your reputation, but you were quite funny. Um, I was quite relaxed. There's a reason that you only want your significant other there with you during those times. Definite. Definitely. But... um, so anyway, in that 30 to 40 minutes, there was an urgency to find someone to pick McKenna up from school and um, and Megan and Matthew from school. So I started working on that. And Megan and Matthew were easier to cover than, than Megan. Than McKenna. Than McKenna. And um, so I start going through the contacts in my phone. And they're all these really great people, (laughs) really fantastic people who we have met through social media, none of whom live in Kentucky and can help me. (laughs) And I'm like, I seriously need the phone numbers of my friends. I had, I was stuck there with no, no way to call anyone here who could help me. So anyway, I had, I had called, um, Chad, our pastor, to give him an update on how you were doing and just letting him know that you were going into into um, surgery and Candy, who works in uh, in the office there, um, Chad called me back and said Candy can help um, pick up McKenna. So she did. She picked up McKenna and kept her for several hours after school. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. 
Yes. So, so here, here's the deal. Where, where am I going with all of this? Preparing I for the know. storm, putting the, the emergency blankets and the bottled water and the non-perishable foods into the, the trunk of your life and, and, and preparing your family for crisis. And, and I am serious about this. I mean, you need to have a crisis preparation plan for your mm-hmm. family. And Stephanie and I have had that. Um, we've, we've, we've been in preparation for crisis ever since we first learned about this principle, uh, back at the first family life marriage conference that we ever went to. Uh, and we heard about, you know, a speaker tell about, you know, when they lost their, their Mm -hmm. teenage son in, Mm -hmm. in a tragic accident. And, and he told it, basically gave this kind of a talk. And, um, we've been, we have been in, in, crisis preparation mode ever since then and of course we we were probably pretty much involved in it even up till then but here here's what's important for your family to do is it's important for your family not to be an island off on its own okay right um when it comes down to it um your immediate family meaning mom dad brother sister you know those those people um they're not always going to be able, sometimes they're going to be very emotionally involved in the crisis themselves. Okay. And so there are a lot of, there are a lot of families and family units, mom, dad, kids. Okay. Uh, like us, mm-hmm. uh, but, but not like us in this example, there are a lot of family units that pretty much isolate themselves from the world around them. And, and pretty much just, you know, it's like, Hey, we do family dinners with mom and dad here and we do this and 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 our social interactions here and, and and it's all it's all it's all family but one of the things that I think is important and of course we we I've made a big deal about this you know the fact that all the people who actually stepped up and helped were all christian and the reason why I point that out because um well before I say that let me just say this I have a ton of friends right now mm-hmm. you and I have a ton of friends who are non-Christian. In fact, I have some friends that, who are absolute atheistic and completely have different worldviews than we have altogether, who, if they were here, they also would have jumped at that at the drop of a hat to, to come here. In fact, I have one friend from New York City. I have no doubt that if I would have asked, he would have been on a plane and he would have been here. You know, you know what I'm saying? That, that, and will be shortly. Yeah. But but anyway, even he even said after the fact, he goes, oh, my gosh, you know, do you need anything? And he, and he, he offered he's like, T- tell me and I'll be right. there. So I have we have non-Christian friends that are like this. But but where where did we go that that what have we done um, that has prepared our family? And that is w- through our faith. We have always been called to community with other believers in Christ because it is it is. Now, if you listen to about the church, you'll recognize the fact that I don't think that there's ever such a thing as a perfect church. And no matter where you go, you're going to find some hypocrites, some judgmental people, um, some some downright dirty, nasty. You'll find some of the nastiest people in the world in the church, in the church. I, I agree with that. But at the same time, if you if you find uh, if you're able to find a church and and really find people who really get the message of Christianity, uh, they may not be perfect. And and Watermark is not perfect. Um, but we found a church, a home, where finally the people get it. 
Right. They understand that Cliff's not perfect. He's not. He he he's definitely not exactly ex- all that that God wants him to be yet. But he's he's concerned about getting closer to that, and and they accept all of my faults in my pursuit of being what God wants me to be, uh, and and even accepting me when I drop off. You know, it's like I've learned this lesson, but. Ooh, he it looks like he's not finished learning that lesson yet. And they love me through it anyway. And right. and, th- and we have that kind of relationship with the people at Watermark. And uh some things that we do is, is is we are very much involved in the life of our church. We we help out. We we offer to um Stephanie helps out with taking care of other uh people's children in the church uh during uh Sunday service uh basically during uh at least once a month I think. Uh, I'm our Stephanie and I together help set up the church. We meet in the high school uh, about once every five or six weeks. Uh, we are very much involved in uh, leading a home team Bible study. So we're in sometimes we're in co- communication with other leaders of other groups in our church. Uh, so we get together with them. Uh, obviously, we're very much involved in the lives of those who uh, in, in deep community with those who actually come to our home every Wednesday evening, uh, minus January 21st, uh, right. <laughs> 2009 <laughs> during the premiere of Lost. Yeah, as you, this is great because as you talk about this community that we have, that we have become part of through our church and that we, it, we just chucked it all for Lost. <laughs> like, sorry, if you don't watch Lost, you can't come. No, that's that's not what we said. But um, well, we were very quick to say, okay, no home team on the 21st because yeah. Lost comes back. Well, the funny thing is is that two of the people who are part of our home team um, will be at the Lost premiere party. And, yeah, and the other and, two are going to be watching our kids. <laughs> exactly. They've so. offered to watch our kids for the evening. So yeah. it's very cool. So anyway. Um, right. They offered. We did not ask. Yeah. They offered. I'm so tired of asking for child care. We will not have, are. we will not have a date until 2010 because yeah, I have used up I'm, all of my child care requests. I will make some phone calls. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know who to ask too. All right. I do. I've learned. You've learned. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sarah Hayden, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, she I was, felt so did bad. Did you hear she, about her kids? They were, they were, they were devast- so bummed. They, I know. No, they were devastated. She, um, our friend Sarah had a, several times asked um, or offered to help with the kids. And the one time that she was supposed to watch them was um, Cliff was going to go in on Tuesday to have his gallbladder removed. That was the surgery that was scheduled with the oversight that he needed the endoscopy. So he called. Actually, he didn't even call. He just sent me a text message that said surgery was canceled. Can't talk now because he was so angry. Um, he said, let me cool down and, and then I'll call you. Although he never really called me because the next test messages I got was I'm so lonely. <laughs> and um, so anyway, Sarah was supposed to watch McKenna during that time so that I could be at the hospital during Cliff's surgery. And um, surgery was canceled. So I had to call Sarah and say it's canceled. So I don't really need anyone to watch McKenna right now. And um, and so McKenna was bummed and her son Matthew was bummed and you know McKenna just couldn't understand why she wasn't I should have just went ahead and taken her to Sarah's and you know had some time alone or something yeah but um and then the the next time that that I um that my schedule worked out to ask Sarah um for because she lives all the way on the other side of Florence mm-hmm. so it's really 
a ways to to take the kids over there and so I was trying to just fit it into my time and so I had asked her on Thursday morning it, you were being discharged it was time to come pick you up and I needed somebody to watch the kids again for the last time and so excuse me I called Sarah and I asked her and we're all ready while I was on the phone with her another friend of ours called and offered to come here and watch the kids and when I talked to them about it they would rather stay they they said that they wanted to stay here so they were upset that they weren't going to go they were upset that they weren't going to go to to Sarah's and play with her kids who happened to like all be the same ages as our kids but they really wanted to stay home so I called Sarah back and I said you know Lisa offered and we forgot to thank Lisa because she was one who watched the kids um, oh yeah, Lisa Hopping. Lisa offered from, from to Watermark come here. From, yeah, well. from Watermark. She offered to come here and watch the kids, and um, and so and they'd really rather stay home in their pajamas. And her kids were so upset, and I felt so bad that now I feel like we need to plan a play date or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that was that was rough. Absolutely, absolutely. So here here's the deal. Um, Basically, if, if there's anything to be learned out of this is that while there were times that we felt like our life, uh, my life, like I felt like I was lonely in spite of all the people that I told you that came to visit, um, in spite of the fact that I felt lonely, I want to say that, wow, if I weren't in community, actively involved in community with other people, then um, then I will tell you that that. I would have been real lonely. Right. And I can't imagine what it must be like for people who are in the hospital facing serious illness and stuff like that. And the only people who come to visit them are family who come and do that during out you know, of obligation. At, well, they well, not out of obligation, but out of, you know, I, I they have to work until six and then they'll be there after work right. and 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 other things where their life isn't stopping. Um, and, and they don't have that network or, of community of people that are actively caring for them and, and are willing to stop their world to, right. to, to, to stop their world. I mean, everybody that I've mentioned so far, there's no doubt in my mind that they're all busy people, that they all had a calendar with mm-hmm. things that they had planned to do during those times that they helped us and visited us. And Stephanie's world, sure, it was spun out of control and it seemed like a whirlwind. But just imagine what it would have been like had nobody offered to help. Right. Had nobody offered to bring you dinner uh, during those nights. And you had to cook and find something to eat every single night of the the week. That would have been hard because all my dishes were dirty. Exactly. (laughs) Although thank you to Sarah and to my mom who washed the dishes for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's a simple act of that just mm-hmm. completely changes. It was they um, on Sunday night, so that I could bring you your MacBook. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah came and sat with the kids, and and they cleaned up while I was gone. And then was it? It was Wednesday night after your surgery. My mom came and sat with the kids, and they cleaned up while I was gone. Which, and the house stayed fairly clean in between those two times because we weren't really here, but. Um, but that it was it was a huge blessing when those people were going above and beyond absolutely what, what I had already asked. Yeah. So one of the things I'm just very thankful for to God is is for um, I'm thankful for Watermark our 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 church. This is the first time we've ever actually leaned in 
on this church. We've been a part of it now for two and a half years. Yeah. And it's the first time that we've ever had to nearly lean. Nearly three. Nearly three mm-hmm. years now. It's the first time we've actually had to, to lean on them for any type of support whatsoever. Up to this point, it's just been an investment in relationships. And and I'll tell you, the investment paid off. It did. And and I'm telling you that this is what it, this is what it's all about. And it's not just I'm, I'm not suggesting that you only find this in the Christian oh, church. Right. And because, like I said, we have people in this community, the, the people Absolutely. that that are not Christian, who do not belong to a church that we've inv- it's it really is about investing in relationships. It really is. It really is. However, um, there it's it's only it's very unique to have be able to to build community and these type of relationships around topics such as lost and uh, Grey's anatomy and um you it's know, all about TV finding shows. a common interest it is and it then is. that is what a built a relationship is built upon yeah a common interest is is the icebreaker so to speak yeah and and then you can build a relationship mm-hmm. from that exactly so so we encourage you to prepare your family by reaching out and building and investing in relationships with other people. And and I'm telling you, it's important because one day you will look back and you will, and, and, and it is an investment. It is so much an investment. And when I say investment, it means you have to give some of you and, Absolutely. T- and put it in someplace else. Absolutely. And that means, you know. That means when one of our friends are in need, we're, we have to drop some things. We, we stop Absolutely. our world. To help meet their needs, yes. And we and the and thing again, is, I'm so sorry, Jen. Yes, I know. I I feel really bad. I I think she my pro- world had not really stopped yet. So yeah, so I hope she will understand. Yeah, I I will give her a call. I later. know lots of people took her ice. She was iced craving tea. yeah some iced tea and and they had taken her that. Yeah. So anyway, that that's what we're saying. That you know, family crisis. It, it it's coming your way. It it may be. It may be tomorrow. It may be today. Um, and and if that's the case, you know, and the, we not- did a sermon series several several months back, and um, just Chad was saying in in his um in his message that you are either entering a storm, in a storm, or coming out of a storm. And you need to be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, invest- storms are inevitable. They're going to come. That's absolutely correct. And and one day it'll it'll be a it'll be a crisis that comes knocking. And uh, will you be prepared? Will your family be prepared? Uh, and and if you're one of those people who have been burnt by the church in the past, trust me, we've been there. Yep. Um, I did a five part series titled Why I Hate the Church Once in the About the Church podcast. You can go back and find it at gspn.tv. Um, but, but I will tell you, we got over a lot of those things and we, we found a place where we could call home that, that we felt this is a place where it's safe to invest our lives right. in community with other people. And we pray that you'll be able to find that. Um, we want to say thank you to our sponsor real quick. Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. Who, by um, the way, is glad that the content is is now flowing from GSPN again. Yes, it is. Yes, they are very glad. Not that they've mentioned anything, but... No, um, Daryl sent uh-huh. a Twitter message saying that he was... Glad, I'm pretty sure it was Daryl uh-huh. that was glad that that content was coming from gspn again oh yes yeah. yes so um here here's some here here's something that i want to just point out real quickly as a it's not a relate it's not completely related 
to the topic today, but it is a resource I want to to promote okay. uh, at Mardell.com. All you do is go to Mardell.com. Up in the search box on the top right-hand corner, type in the word home builders, plural, I'm home sorry. builders, plural. And what? what? M-A-R-D-E-L.com. <laughs> you just said Mardell without spelling it. And oh, okay. You always say Mardell. Dot okay. com, M-A-R-N-D-E-L dot com. All right. So anyway. Um, it felt blank somehow. So go into the search box, type in home builders, one word, plural, and it's going to pull up this series of Bible studies. And here's here's how. Actually, this ties in perfectly. Okay. Check this Wrap out. Wrap it up. Hurry. <laughs> I, I know. This ties in perfectly. These are uh, six-week mm-hmm. Bible studies. That um, basically are great for you to invite maybe two other couples. That's what I'm going to suggest. Invite two. No, actually invite five. You'll get two that will show up. Invite five married couples around your age or whatever to come and be a part of a six-week group experience. Where and, and trust me, this book is all laid out. All you do is go through the book and read it. And you just make a commitment to each other to to once a week Come into your home and and sit down and discuss this six week study course. I think they're all six week study courses. If I'm not mistaken, they're six to eight. Yeah, but six I think to most eight. of them are six. And uh, the one that I'm going to suggest that you start with first is called "Growing Together uh, in Christ." Uh, that's that was probably my favorite out of this mm-hmm. series. Uh, there is also uh, building teamwork in your marriage. Very important. Um, very good one there. Building your marriage. Uh, resolving conflict was a good one. Uh, very good one. Uh, building your mate's self-esteem. I thought that seemed a little bit cheesy, but maybe not. I can't remember. It's I don't so think we ago. actually did that one. I think we started it. We know. I think it. we have it, but we've never actually done it because it's very similar to one of the other ones. That That's we had what it was done. then. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was growing together in Christ and building your mate's self-esteem was like almost identical or something. Or See, teamwork. I thought it was the. I th- I thought it was the resolving conflict that the two, anyway. And then overcoming stress in your marriage. But anyway, if you type uh, home builders in the search box, a list of these. The overcoming stress is one that that we did and we really liked. Yeah, that's a good one as well. Mm -hmm. So those are all available. They're like $12.99, but you get 10% off your entire order at M-A-R-D-E-L. Dot Thank com. you. Thank you. Um, you get 10% off if in the shopping cart you put the promo code GSPN. And what that does is it tells the sponsor that, hey, you're listening to Family from the Heart. You'll love the fact that they're sponsoring what we're doing here, helping us to put, you know, keep the lights on, keep the recorder rolling. And uh, please do that. Go to MARDEL.com. Stephanie, you have anything else? No, I, I think, don't. I think you got some kids to go pick up. Is I that what's going on? One. Yep. All right, so and you're not going today. I I can go with you if you want me to. <sighs> not when you say it like that, <laughs> babe. I know. Are we having biz- a business meeting today? Supposedly, yep. Yeah. All right, so we're eating here today, though, right? Supposedly. Supposedly, you want me to go with you so that you can run in Kroger and get the lunch meat and the onion. Sounds like a good plan. All right, I can do that. The only thing is, is this music here? You want a red onion? Yes, red onion and some turkey. I shaved. already have the turkey on my list. Nice. Hopefully I won't forget the list when I leave. Gotcha. So anyway, this has been Family from the Heart. Tell somebody about this podcast. Please. please. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to start with episode number 40. 
Number 40. Yeah, that's what this is. Is that it? what this is? I think so. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I think it is. And uh, t- you can, it's, it's real simple. Instead of telling them to go to gspn.tv, which of course you could do, and they could find it through going through the navigation menu under family podcasts and stuff, just go to familyfromtheheart.com. What are you laughing about in the chat room now? I can't share. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. The great old chat room is at it again. It's good. No, it's just um, I had made a comment like several minutes ago, and you just kept talking and talking and talking, and now the the music oh. is three minutes long. And All right. Well, we'll wrap up. Because I'm feeling a little impatient to get out of here. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So eyeballs are floating. We're out of here. That's the truth. All right. Until next time, join the community.